Hello, and welcome to the February edition of In Conversation With, The Lancet HIV's podcast. I'm Peter Hayward, Editor-in-Chief, and today I'll be talking to Bridget Magissa of the Department of Communicable Diseases Prevention and Control of the World Health Organization's Regional Office for the Eastern Mediterranean, based in Cairo, Egypt. Bridget and I will be talking about a study that looks at HIV epidemiology in that region, which is included in the latest issue of the journal. Alongside this paper in the February issue, we have a lot of interesting content, including a feature that looks at how Botswana has managed to reduce rates of vertical transmission of HIV, an article looking at rates of missed HIV diagnosis in children based on fear studies from seven countries in southern Africa, and a review of protease inhibitor-based therapy in pregnancy. So, Bridget, in your paper, you summarise the epidemiology of HIV in WHO's Eastern Mediterranean region. Just to sort of clarify, can you briefly explain what countries are included in this region? So the WHO Eastern Mediterranean region is comprised of 22 member states, and this is a, a number of countries in North Africa and the Middle East. So your study is a synthesis of data from various different sources. What data sources have you used in your study? And how does your uh, current research go beyond the data that are available from, say, UNAIDS? So we looked at uh, five uh, standardised data sources, which are a mix of both the global and the regional reporting databases. We used uh, the WHO Global AIDS Monitoring System, we also looked at the UNAID spectrum estimates. We have an annual regional antiretrovirus survey that we conduct and we use that as well as a data source. Then we looked at the regional HIV case reporting database into which all the countries report all new HIV cases identified annually. And lastly, we looked at the country policies and guidelines. And when you were looking at this data for your study, are there sort of any characteristics of the HIV epidemics in the countries that you consider? Are there any characteristics that are similar throughout the region? Yes. So the HIV epidemic in the Eastern WHO's Eastern Mediterranean region is a low uh, HIV prevalence setting of 0.1%. The HIV epidemic is concentrated among key population groups such as people who inject drugs, men who have sex with men, sex workers. And uh, in terms of the similarities with the concentrated HIV epidemic, we note a male predominance with a ratio of two to one, male to female. And the HIV epidemic is also heterogeneous in distribution among the 22 member states. Aside from the epidemic per se, uh, we in the Eastern Mediterranean region have the member states uh, characterized by protracted emergencies and civil war, creating an environment that's not conducive for uh, building sustainable HIV programs. And as such, the region is characterized by low coverage of prevention, testing and treatment. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess that sort of perhaps more so than any other region, those sort of, uh, you know, societal disruption affects large numbers of people in, in the Eastern Mediterranean region. Yes, definitely. So what would you say are some of the most striking findings from your, from your data synthesis? 
Um, thanks. Thanks for that. So in terms of the striking uh, findings, I'll summarize one for HIV testing practices and then two for HIV treatment practices. Mm -hmm. So what we found was there was disproportionate testing among key population groups resulting in very low HIV positivity yields. We found that predominantly migrant workers were being tested in majority of the countries. And this was mainly in relation to employment as opposed to HIV case finding per se. Mm -hmm. So as a result of not focusing the testing services among the people at risk of HIV, the positivity yields, the case finding is very low in, in, in the region. We have only 40% of estimated people living with HIV identified um, as of 2020. In relation to this, we also had increasing late diagnosis uh, with people coming and being identified as being HIV infected late in the disease. We have increasing advanced HIV disease in the region and also inadequate linkage uh, to care and treatment. In terms of treatment, we noted very slow transition to optimized regimens in accordance to the WHO recommendations. In 2019, the WHO recommended that everybody starting uh, HIV treatment should receive a dolutegravir-based uh, treatment regimen. But from our data synthesis, we noted that by 2020, only 6% of those on first-line treatment were receiving a DTG-based treatment uh, regimen type. Uh, we also note very poor retention on treatment, and this is primarily resulting from centralized service delivery, uh, where there are only a few sites that are able to, to treat patients, and as a result, it's harder for the patients to, to access services for treatment. And with HIV treatment being lifelong care, it makes it even harder to, to engage these patients in care for life because of the centralized system. So with regards to the testing of migrants for employment, is that something that employers are actually requiring? Many of the countries in the region conduct uh, testing of, of migrants as part of the migration process or yeah. employment process. It's not necessarily mandated. It's considered routine health check uh, in majority of the countries in the region. Uh, we find countries like Morocco and Lebanon that have very comprehensive key populations programming that have made very significant progress in terms of being able to identify majority of people living with HIV and having them on treatment and also having virus suppression among the, those groups. Right, great. And then, I, I mean, I, this is perhaps more of a comment really than a question, but I thought it was interesting mm -hmm. saying that, um, you know, some of the slow progress with regards to treatments might be emanating from centralised services. And I wonder if if that might be because, I mean, because prevalence is so low and, and HIV might be a, you know, a condition that, that's not so familiar that actually that's why services are more centralized in many of the countries in the, in the Middle East, rather than having more spread out, more more accessible services that that we see in countries with higher with higher disease burdens of HIV. Definitely, I I agree with that. I mean, that's part of it that the prevalence is so low. However, even in areas such as the urban settings where we know that the people living with HIV are concentrated. 
the number of centers that are able to provide care are not sufficient to cover the need and uh, the number of uh, clinicians trained to provide specialized HIV care are also not sufficient. And that's something at the WHO that we are supporting among our member states to ensure that we are building that capacity to provide uh, lifelong care to people living with HIV. So, I mean, I think generally there's there's an impression that epidemic that the HIV epidemics in in the region are poorly understood. Are there any data that you would have liked to have had available that weren't there when you were doing your study? Um, yes, I will start by commenting on the um, HIV drug resistance. Uh, we know globally many of the countries have been able to 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 conduct uh, drug resistance surveys to be able to estimate what the pretreatment and acquired uh, drug resistance patterns are in each country, and this is really helpful in in order to to optimize the regimen selection uh, by country. Uh, we don't have this data available in majority of the countries in the region, and it would have been good to have this in addition to the other data synthesis that we conducted. But then also the region is characterized by having very basic HIV monitoring and evaluation systems. And from our data synthesis, we note that in terms of the annual core HIV indicators that are set along the cascade of care, only 14 of the 22 member states were able to consistently report the core indicators over the duration uh, of this uh, review. And so I think we often hear that the Eastern Mediterranean region is, is one of the regions that actually has a growing HIV epidemic, unlike many other places in the world. Can you explain why that is? Um, yes, uh, the Eastern Mediterranean region has a growing HIV epidemic. Uh, as, as we uh, mentioned earlier, there is really low coverage of prevention services, low coverage of diagnosis and case identification, and low treatment. And as a result of this, we have continued and increasing HIV transmission among those who are vulnerable to, to HIV. In addition to this, there is little acknowledgement of existence and even the size of key population groups mm -hmm. in the region. And as a result of this, we find that the HIV programs are not necessarily constructing programs that are tailored towards the needs of key populations. Another, another characteristic, another uh, contributor to this is um, the Eastern Mediterranean region is a highly conservative society uh, in terms of the cultural acknowledgement of, of key population groups. Uh, lastly, we find that in the region, some of the countries have very fragile health systems that are not tailored towards lifelong care for people in need of care like HIV, people living with HIV. And, and part of this, of course, is related to the protracted emergencies and uh, civil war that have been going on for many years in about half the countries in the region. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. And so... I guess following on from that, what what would you say needs to be done to turn the tide of, of this growing epidemic? Yes, to turn the tide, we need to, to get to a point where we're tailoring our programs towards the needs of, of key populations. We need to be able to have key population size estimates for all the member states in the region. And, and based on the size and the distribution ensure that testing programs are able to reach those in need of, of the testing. 
and prevention as well. And secondly, there's need to have continued advocacy to reduce the stigma and discrimination and really work towards social change. To, and this will really help with ensuring that um, health-seeking behavior is, is improved, especially among those at risk and those living with HIV. Lastly, we need to ensure that we simplify patient pathways uh, where possible decentralized care to, to improve access to treatment, we need to have more optimized regimens available for patients to ensure that virus suppression is, is achieved in the shortest possible time for this lifelong care. And lastly, to implement differentiated patient-centered service delivery built on a primary healthcare setting, which is easier for patients to, to reach the facility and get treatment as needed. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, that's quite a lot to do, but it's uh, I think there's, you know, it, it's clear what needs to be done. Yes. Yeah. Well, Bridget, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about your research. And uh, yeah, I'd just like to say yes, thanks again and uh, safe travels uh, back from Uganda to Cairo. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, Peter. And if you enjoyed that conversation, I'd recommend taking a look at the comment by Tala Belouz and colleagues on HIV-related stigma among healthcare workers in the Middle East and North Africa region, which was published in our May 2020 issue. And for now, I'd just like to say thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure that you join us next month when we will continue the conversation.